Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Esther 4.16 says, If I perish, I perish. And I'm not sure if there's a more powerful definition of self-denial than this. Losing your life for a good cause is about as selfless as it gets. Amen. You see, Esther had a mission, and she had a massive dilemma and a choice to make. Yeah, going down that path, and, uh, and the path that she knew was the right thing to do, could have actually cost her everything. In fact, it could have cost her her very life. And not speaking up could also eventually have cost her her life. And, uh, and it, or at the very least, a life of guilt and regret. So you could say that Esther was between a rock and a hard place. Without God, it was lose-lose. Have you ever faced a lose-lose situation in your life? Or are you still facing it today? Then this message is for you. And I'm excited about it. And in fact, I believe it's a message for us as a church. I've called this message First Things First. So let's decide now to open our spiritual ears and our spiritual eyes and uh, just to hear God's Holy Spirit speak to us all today before we step into anything new. You know, for three weeks um, each year, we do give extra attention to to missions uh, and to NZBMF. And we pray and we deny ourselves of of perhaps some some treat or or we rein in our wants uh, in order to give a, a little extra mile gift to those who have left everything, everything familiar to them, to serve in another culture. And across the nation, Baptist churches are joining in this season uh, of prayer and self-denial. And it's to raise awareness and, and some finance for, for NZBMF. Our response, however, needs to come from the heart. And in fact, it should become a lifestyle that actually lasts all year. Prayer and self-denial are disciplines that Christ truly modelled, and so, so must we. If we want victory and breakthrough in the spiritual, we need to model these things that Jesus modelled. So on Tuesday night, we had our, our usual leadership meeting, but we began with teaching on prayer and fasting from an American pastor, Chris Hodges. Uh, And I'm going to tap into this teaching today that has grown his church uh, to approximately 30,000 people. And as we've listened to these gems from the Word, we all just, all of us leaders just had a sense that something very exciting is is about to be birthed in this church and community through prayer and fasting that we've planned for next weekend. And I hope you catch that. Yes, Teresa's got it. <laughs> yes, so, so back to the story of Esther. We've just changed track a little bit this week. We've just finished a, a study in James, and we're now in the book of Esther. 
And uh, so we're back into the story of Esther. For those who aren't familiar with it, it's a story of faith, obedience, and courage on the part of a young Jewish woman who honored and obeyed her much older uh, cousin, Mordecai, who had raised her from childhood to trust in the Lord and respect human authority. That's what he taught her. Having been chosen from, from just dozens of, of beautiful girls to be the wife of a fair, powerful and very wealthy Persian king, you could say that Esther had landed on her feet. In worldly terms, she had it made. She would now live a life of luxury and pampering with maids seeing to her every need. She'd never have to work again or go without a single want so long as she pleased the king and towed the royal line. Well, that would be the view of someone looking on. But, of course, we know there's always another layer to the story and there certainly is another layer to this story. You know, many today appear to have it all, don't they? But there's always another layer. And when you scratch a little bit below the surface, there's a number of issues. The other layer to this story was that she was chosen because she had the favor of God on her. And God knew that she would be instrumental in saving his people, the Jews. So God arranges the marriage and God works in the heart of the king. That's just miracles that God did. But Esther and her cousin Mordecai both stepped up in the face of evil when it mattered the most. And I believe this amazing story ties in, really, with the series in James that we've just finished. In that we see in the, both these books, Esther and James, we see faith in action and a partnership between God and his people. And we show faith by our works, our actions, and our choices, don't we? We show, we live it out. We live out our faith by, by those things we do every day. And this story has it all. This story's got intrigue. It's got romance. It's got a baddie. You know, there's always a baddie, eh? always a sheriff, a heroine, suspense. It's got devotion, faith, courage, and a happy end. It's right up there as a movie script. But the one thing that's, that's easy to overlook is the spiritual battle. You see, as we begin this series, we need to realize that there will be no breakthrough in the natural until we break through in the spiritual. See, I've read this story many times. I've read the book of Esther, the book of Ruth, love these stories. I've read them many times, but I've missed perhaps the main point. How could I have missed it? There's a moment in the story where everything pivots, where everything changes. It's like halftime in the rugby. It's like a game of two halves where suddenly the game turns at halftime. Let's read together Esther 4, verses 1 to 3 and 13 to 17. And let's pick up and see if you can pick up where this story turns. 
Okay, when Mordecai learned all that he that had been done, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the midst of the city and wailed loudly and bitterly. And he went as far as the king's gate, for no one was to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. And in each and every province where the command and the decree of the king came, there was great mourning among the Jews, because I'd heard that they were going to get wiped out. And here's what they did. They, they, went, they went out with mourning and wailing and, and with fasting. Fasting, weeping and wailing, and many lay on sackcloth and ashes. And I hadn't picked that up before. Let's turn to verse 13. Then Mordecai told them to rely to sorry, to reply to Esther. Do not imagine that you are in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have attained royalty for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go, assemble all the Jews who are found in Susa, and fast for me. There it is again. Fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my maidens also will fast. There it goes again. In the same way. And thus I will go into the king, which is not according to the to the uh, law, and if I perish, I perish. Powerful, eh? From this time on, everything changes in this story because they fasted and prayed with, with you know, humility, wearing sackcloth from the smallest of them to the, to the most important of them. They all joined in this fast. You see, we need to win the war in the, in the spiritual before we'll win battles in the natural. I just came across this story this morning. On June 30th, this very day, in 1746, the French Navy uh, were commissioned to go and virtually utterly destroy the northeast coast of America. America was owned by, by the English, and they snuck out without England seeing them. And all the people in New England were counting on the English to send their navy out to, to blast them and, and save them. But they snuck out without the English seeing them. And, uh, and so they were steaming head, headlong towards New England in America. So the people started to pray. Good idea, eh? Good strategy. And I'm just going to pick up on the last bit of the story. Three days uh, after the remaining ships, because some sank in these huge storms because they'd been praying, and this, this, is, this is miracle after miracle because the people prayed, uh, three days after the remaining French ships left Halifax to attack uh, Annapolis, the citizens of New England held a day of prayer and fasting. 
for God's deliverance. The Reverend Mr. French described it on this great emergency and day of darkness and doubtful expectation. The 16th of October was observed as a day of fasting and prayer throughout the province. And wonderful to relate, the, that very night, God sent upon them a more dreadful storm than any other in the former and completely completed their destruction. Some overset, some founded, and a remnant only of this miserable fleet returned to France to carry the news. Thus, New England stood still and saw the salvation of God. So when the bad guys were out to get the good guys and they fasted and prayed, God stepped in. Doesn't that sound like God? Yeah, that was a miracle. Zechariah 4 verse 6 says, It's not by might nor by power, but my, by my spirit, says the Lord. You see, it's tempting to talk about how secular society is getting, how bad things are. But it's a bit pointless because change needs to start with us. We won't see transformed lives and a renewed society until we break through in the Spirit. Did you catch that? We won't see transformation until we break through in the Spirit. And Jesus modeled this principle. Hang in with me. But his disciples didn't get it straight away, did they? <laughs> Let's just read and turn now to Matthew 17, 14 to 21. This is a story uh, that's really cool. 14, verse 14. And when they'd come to the multitude, a man came up to Jesus, falling on his knees before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic and is very ill. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. And Jesus answered and said, O unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was caught, cured at once. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why couldn't we cast him out? And he said to them, Because of the littleness of your faith. But truly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it shall move, and nothing shall be impossible to you. But this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. See, Jesus had just taken uh, Peter, James, and John up on the mountain. He, Jesus, had been transfigured. It was an absolute spiritually high moment. Many of you probably have had those in your life, and if not, I just believe they're still to come. Major, major high moments where we just know God's real and we just know that we know that we know. And the disciples that went up with Jesus knew that now. And they come back down. And, of course, there's someone in need, you know, <laughs> just that way. And, um, and the other disciples had missed out. But after Jesus returns, this man 
is pleading on his knees for his son. He was desperate. And, um, and you know, he was, he was wanting a miracle. And I guess he'd asked the remaining nine disciples to pray and they hadn't been able to cast out this, this uh, demon. Jesus responds, Oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I put up with you? Now, this sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it, in our PC world? Um, he was just uh, sounding a bit, bit ticked off, but this is incredible teaching for every generation. Listen to this. We are unbelieving when we are not connected to God. We're perverse when we're too connected to the world. We're unbelieving when we're not connected to God, and we're perverse when we're too connected to the world. Up until this time, the disciples had relied on Jesus' anointing. And in his name and under his instructions, I'd virtually had 100% success. But in this case, Jesus allows them to experience some opposition. God knows that opposition will strengthen faith. And if we've got a little amount, it grows. You know, we don't have to say, I've got no faith, because we all get a seed of faith, everyone. And so it's up to us to make it grow eh? by, by putting it into action. But anyway, he says to them, you know, you're unbelieving and perverse. And it's still available. You know, that teaching is for us. You know, I say true fasting uh, because if we go without food but still watch all the same old worldly TV shows and don't get around to praying... Uh, then we've missed the point. A true fast is when we go without something or food mainly and pray. Fasting is when we say to your flesh nature, flesh, take a back seat. You know, flesh, you're not going to get what you're craving today. I am disconnecting from the world for this season, so self, back off. We can't impress God with a token fast. We are not twisting God's arm by fasting. We are simply commanding our flesh to die to its wants and desires long enough to be connected to God's heart for us and others. This is winning the battle in the spiritual. When we crave effective outcomes, in the spirit, over our own comfort and our own will. Jesus even gave his disciples a formula for the prayer, that, or the prayers that we should pray. Our prayers, plural, should loosely follow this pattern. We begin with connection. Our Father, we connect with him. He's our dad. Our Father in heaven. And then we give him praise for who he is. And then we give thanks for his greatness and his power. And then we ask that his will would be done here and now as it is in heaven. Then we bring our needs before him and only then. 
We deal with any shortfalls in our relationships where we've messed up, we've just totally blown it, where we confess uh, that our, we've, we've failed, we've bombed out, and then we um, forgive others for their part in hurting us. Not always easy, eh? But like un- peeling an, an onion, we can only do that one layer at a time sometimes. Finally, we ask that we would not be led into temptation, but kept safe from evil. And we then conclude again with praise and worship. You see, prayer and fasting is the antidote for this lack of connection with the Lord. Um, I once, um, we once had a young lady uh, that uh, did come along to our young adults group. Uh, once, or I think maybe, but she she had a full-on argument. She tore strips off this builder who had been uh, a family friend for years and years of her new husband, all because there was one thing not quite perfect in her bathroom. You know, me thinks that bathroom might have been an idol. <laughs> Anything we put above... Trust in God is an idol. Anything that we, we desire or crave more than God is an idol. We've got to just keep it in perspective, you know. If he blesses, he blesses. But let's trust in God first. Prayer and fasting is the antidote for our lack of connection to the Father and too much connection with the world. I'm not sure what Esther prayed while she and her maidens fasted. But whatever she and Mordecai did was effective in winning over evil Haman. We're going to fill in the story a little bit next week, but Haman was the bad guy, and he certainly had a problem with pride, and he certainly had some idols in his life, and mainly his idol was power. He wanted to be kingpin next to the king i love my food but i love jesus more (laughs) and i'm excited about the breakthrough in the spirit that this time of prayer and fasting next weekend is going to bring amen how much do we care for the lost how much do we care for our young people especially those ones who've just started out following Jesus this year, about 20 of them in our 8 to 8 youth group. How much do we care for these missionaries who have given up all their comforts and stuff we take for granted and KFC and all that to go and be in another culture to tell them how much God loves them and to win them over and so that the whole world can be reached with this gospel. This gospel that has the power of God on it to save. How much do we care about these three things? These are the three things we're going to target in our fasting, in our praying. And I believe, uh, you know, we should all, all do um, some, some form of fast. Maybe just one meal. And maybe, maybe all three next Saturday. Or you can start Friday night and finish Saturday lunch. I mean, you know, not having lunch. (laughs) 
by not having lunch. Let's reconnect with Jesus and disconnect with the world in order to see God's will done on, on earth, especially in the North Waikato and in the Southeast Asia. We serve the God of the impossible, but we won't see transformation unless we win the war in the spirit. Realm first. Let's put first things first. Pray, fast, then go hard in Jesus' name. Next week, we're gonna, as I said, we're going to cover more of the story of Esther in detail. But in the meantime, let's pray. Let's stir up faith in those around us by encouraging everyone we meet this week, just the people we work with, the people we live with. Just encourage, put courage into them and just say they're doing an awesome job. Just let's, let's let that love of Jesus spread into our, our workplace, our family, our friends, our kids, grandkids, whatever. This is our time to shine, church. And we too were made to shine for such a time as this. Amen. Let's pray. Oh God, we just ask for your help that we might just lay down all the selfishness in us. Lord, I just know how much I've got to do this week. Um, God, we all have stuff. Lord, let's just put you in the, in the highest place in our daily routine, in our lives, in our prayers. Lord, just ask you to be boss, Lord, commanding officer, CEO of our lives. Lord, help us to come under that, uh, that blessing the blessing of when we do put you up there because it is a blessing to know you. It is awesome to know you. You are the best friend. You are the most amazing God that has a personal investment in everyone here. So God, I just pray you would just deal with us and our, our shortcomings, our failures, our broken relationships. Heal stuff this week. Start now. We say now, Lord, we want to step up now. And this is our time to shine. Lord, we just pray we would be born for such a time as this. Let's go hard for you, God, and see great things happen, see amazing things happen, and actually just pray and people are healed, pray and people are delivered, transformed. And we just ask that you would just help give us the discernment to know and the wisdom to know just where to be, when to be, and how to be you to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast.